It's the Asian Boxing Podcast. Asianboxing.info is the website. Scott and Colin with you here. And Scott, it was a monster weekend. We saw Naoya Inoue take care of business. We did, and he made it look easy. Let's be quite honest. He never got out of the first gears. He destroyed poor Michael Dasmarinas in three rounds. Um, it was just... It was a mismatch. We all knew it would be. I don't think anyone expected it to be quite as easy as it was. I don't think Dasmarinas landed more than half a dozen punches. His body was ripped apart in rounds two and three. Credit to Dasmarinas for getting up from the knockdowns, but it's completely one-sided. Um, he offered very, 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 very little throughout the entire bout. He looked scared after he'd been hit, and it was, it was a stay busy mandatory defense, I think, that serve low purposes than to get a mandatory out the way. And that's what Inoue's supposed to do, though. Obviously, you want to see him fight better competition, but unfortunately, it's the business of boxing. You, He had to get in the ring. He had to fight someone who just wasn't up to the level of Inoue. But when you're put in that position, that's how you handle business. You have to get rid of guys easily, and that's how you bring in fans. Yeah, he did what he was supposed to do, as you said. It was a mismatch. He took him out easily. He took him out quickly. Um, if you are going to be mismatches like this, especially ones ordered by world title bodies, make them nice and quick. Get back in the ring in four or five months. Don't take any injuries during the bout. Don't waste your time during the bout. And just move on. It's it's a speed bump in the road. Get rid of it and then get onto bigger and better fights. Speaking of bigger and better fights, the bigger news on fight night had nothing to do with the Noe. In fact, it was Nonito Donaire with some big, big news, something that I don't think anyone really saw coming. Nonito Donaire versus John Real Casemiro. Uh, yeah, I, there was rumors that Rigondard pulled out of that fight or had been replaced, but it was rumors, it was a bit of speculation. But to then hear that Donaire filled in for Rigondard gives us a Brilliant unification bout in the division. A fantastic all Filipino bout. One of the best bouts in the division between two power punches. That's a fantastic matchup. It's uh, it's not a matchup that we as boxing fans need to see more of. And I think it's fantastic they got the deal done that quickly after Danae's last win. It's old school is what it is. Because now we have all these long layoffs. And, and as Boxing fans, we're frustrated. We want to see the best fights, but we also want to see fighters fight more. Nonito's chasing greatness, and that's what you love about him. He's not waiting. Like you just said, he just had his last fight. He's getting back in there August 14th against a big puncher in John Riel Casimero. Do you think this sets up the winner of this fight fighting Inoue? I think we have... Boxing fans are led to believe that it will, but I think in reality that's not going to happen. And boxing is never um, the spot it should be. I think what you'll see is Donair Casemiro winner having a mandatory against the WBO challenger, uh, then perhaps a rig and bout next year, then a mandatory against the WBA champion, and for whatever reason, we won't see the the four title super fight that we all want to see, we all expect to see. Um, but boxing just doesn't work that way. It doesn't give us those big generation-defining boxing divisions anymore. And 
in one as obvious as this one, I don't think we're going to get. It's frustrating. It really is because you know they both want it. You know that's exactly what Donaire wants. You know Inoue wants it. Even in his press conference, Inoue was saying, I'll wait. I will wait for this fight. Um, I think he wants it to be his next fight. I think all three, I think Casemiro would want it just as much as Donaire. I think all three want that to happen. I just don't think the men behind it want it to happen. I don't think PBC are in the rush to throw the winner Donaire versus Casemiro in. I don't think Rigondeaux is willing to step aside unless there's something offered. I don't think the mandatories that are going to be lining up are going to be happy to wait either. Especially if they win. Uh, a mandatory scores an upset against Donaire or Casemiro and then lands the new fight himself. Um, there's too many moving parts, despite the three guys involved really want to face off. It's really what makes it so hard in the modern era to, to be undisputed. It, if you want all four belts, why it's so rare? Yeah, um, it's probably when you have three or four powerful promoters splitting the talent as well. And you have the long-term deals and all these other issues and mandatories popping up and uh, step-aside fees. Too many issues make it too hard with four belts. Um, first, you get the best versus the best. Even when the best talk about wanting to face the best and genuinely do want to fight the top guys out there. Um, it's why the World Boxing Super Series has been so great. Is It's put promotional issues and mandatories aside. and It's a shame that we couldn't get the four champions together. Um, or the four titles together for a DBS-style knockout tournament. Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, boxing just gets in the way of itself. We talked about this last week, or I, at least I said, it. let's just get rid of all the belts. Let's have one. Um, so then you can have everyone fight each other. But we know that's not going to happen. We know the money is there. and We know uh, we're never going back. In fact, we're just adding belts now. We have the silver belt, the diamond belt. The global belt, the intercontinental belt, the inter-universal title, the uh, galaxy title, the Milky Way global interstellar title. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a mess. It, it really is a mess with all these belts. It's completely devalue what it means to be a world champion, um, which is, I guess for some fighters, it's probably a good thing they can claim they're a world champion despite having not beaten the best. In other cases, we get a situation like this where the best can't fight the best because there's too many um, hoops to step through. Uh, you can understand why certain fighters and promoters love the fact the semi titles. But as fans, we've got to really pull them out and say, no, that's that's garbage. Well, I'm hoping for this specific case that you are wrong, Scott, and that somehow we get Inoue Donaire in the near future. Or Inoue Casemiro. Or Inoue Casemiro, you're right. You are right. Yeah, everyone I think seems to be saying Donaire is, is on a mission. He's coming out with the victory, but do not count out Casemiro with that punching power. Nevertheless, August 14th is going to be a spectacular event, and I can't wait to, to watch that one. Uh, speaking of a, a pretty exciting fight also this past weekend, and speaking of a bunch of different belts, because this was for those lame belts in the super middleweight division, uh, but forget the belts, it was it was a spectacular knockout. Bektimir Melikusiev was shocked this weekend. 
Yeah, and it was it was a really surprising outcome. He dominated round one. He seemed to dominate round two. He was dominant in round three. And then he was caught by one of the cleanest right hands I think we'll see all year. As Gabe Rosada knocked him out and really did rip up the betting, uh, the betting strips. It was a knockout out of nowhere. Even though Rosada had looked for the shot earlier in the fight, it didn't look like he was going to land it. And... Suddenly we get a Marquez Pacquiao style KO, uh, complete turnaround. Well done to Gabrasado, and I think it's a real, real shame that Melikuziev's unbeaten record came to an end in that that sort of brutal fashion. He's still a, a promising prospect, but I think it's it's a good lesson for him. Uh, he he got a little lackadaisical, uh, just started to to come in with no type of worry about Rosado, right? He, he was just coming straight in, trying to get that knockout. Uh, Rosado I love because he's he's just been around for for a while and he tries to make the best fight and he tries to get in there with, with all the different champs and he's always a tough fight. And, you know, for his career, he's just had some, some tough breaks in terms of cutting a little too much he, you know he bleeds a lot and that gets in the way but just a tough fighter you know he's from philly he he embodies that rocky type uh fighter mentality where he he's going to war every time and it was good to see him get a big victory like that the one thing i don't get about rosado is why is he just moved to super middleweight he looks such a better fighter at 168 pounds than he's looked in the past he has the size he has the strength yeah he looks better at 168 than he did at 154 um, and it's a real, real shame. It was so late in his career that he moved up. He'll have a couple more chances, maybe one more chance at, at a world title. I'd love to see him get that shot. I think he really deserved the win against Daniel Jacobs. Definitely, you know, his performance this weekend was fantastic. Fingers crossed he gets to be cash out, but I'm not sure what titles are going to be available for him at the division. It's a real shame that Canelo's in that weight and he's title collecting. Bektamir in this situation, what does what does he do? Does he take a long layoff? Does he try and get back in there? It's it, this wasn't just a, a loss, you know. It wasn't like a unanimous decision loss. No, this was a big knockout. If I was part of his team, I'd get him straight back in the ring. I he was winning that fight until he hit the shot. I don't really see it as being a long beatdown. It was not particularly punishing loss it was a clean knockout getting back in the ring you get him in at this sort of level again he would have won that had he not in one of the biggest shots of his career um he'll learn so much from being knocked out like that yeah get him back on the fast track don't slow him down just because of this loss asian boxing podcast scott and colin asian boxing dot info earlier today scott in japan karakan hall we had a pretty decent card it was a surprisingly decent card for a show with just four bouts on it. And um, Jun Ikigawa was one of the names of note on the card. He made his debut earlier this year and um, picked up his second win. It was much like his first win. It was a very polished boxing display. I think he's going to be a frustrating fight to follow. Uh, he beat Ryu Nihai and he looks he looks like a pure boxer. I'm not sure why that's going to really work in his favor. But he's so talented. Very, very, very promising young fighter. Also on the card, there's Ayato Hiramoto, who stopped Hiroki Yajima, and this was just brilliant. Hiramoto had never shown any real power, but he dropped uh, Yajima a couple of times, stopped him in seven, 
real breakout fighter who um, I think by the end of this year we'll see Hiramoto in a title fight. But it was, of course, the main event of this card that was um, was the focus, and that was Ryota Yamauchi versus Yuta Nakayama as Yamauchi made his first defense of the WBO Asia Pacific flyweight title and dropped a gutsy Nakayama in rounds. I think it was three, five, and seven um, to retain his title. And now it sounds like he could be very, very, very close to securing a world title fight with uh, Artem Dalakian, is my understanding from what was said at today's press conference. He's ranked number two, I believe, by the WBA and is very much pushing Kadoebi to secure him a world title fight. There are uh, so many young, talented fighters in Japan right now. He is one of them. And uh, Dalakian, we haven't seen him a lot because, you know, he fights and then he waits a while. Kind of like the modern fighter now, but I I would love to see that fight. No, I need to wait a while, but he faces some absolutely terrible competition. Yeah, Yamauchi will actually give him a run for his money. Yeah, I think Yamauchi's probably beaten the better competition of the two since Dalakian took the title. Great win over Brian Mallory, but he's done nothing since. Which is unfortunate, because Dalakian's a talented fighter. Yeah, he's a talented fighter. Do we be a, have seemingly been happy to, let's just say, fight inept competition for way too long? Yeah, disappointing. Disappointing. Well, something that's not disappointing. This weekend, we have a couple of huge bouts um, on, on a big card in Las Vegas. We just saw Naoya Inoue. Um, take care of business there. But now another Japanese um, stud is on the main card against uh, an all-time great, Vasily Lomachenko, at least amateur all-time great in Lomachenko. You know, again, Nakatani has proved to be a tough out for anyone, uh, no matter who it is. Yeah, um, he embodies the Japanese spirit, and he kind of, in many ways, seems like the stereotypical Japanese boxer. He's not the most talented, he's not the most skilled, but he's all about heart and determination. He's awkward. He has got more than enough skill to compete with supposedly top fighters, but it's his physical features added to his incredible um, will to win that make him an absolute nightmare for anybody. There are, I don't think, any fighters out there that would have an easy time with him. Um, in fact, I don't think anyone would even come close to having these time with him just because of his size, because of his chin, his desire, his very underrated power, and his really, really nasty, spiteful job. And I think for, for Lomachenko, while he does have all the skill advantages, just that size and on top of that size, having that chin, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give Lomachenko a, a difficult puzzle to try and figure out. Yeah, yeah, we talk about Lomachenko being the Matrix and being this, that, and the other. But he's up against one who's going to ask a lot of questions, and he's also no longer a young spring chicken. He's 33 himself. He's got a lot of wear and tear on that body. He looked very poor against Lopez. I think he looked quite poor against Campbell. I do wonder if Lomachenko perhaps is... Um, he's getting old. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to say a shot, but definitely war-torn and shot-worn a little bit. You think of all the rounds he logged as an amateur and then and coming up to the pro ranks and climbing up those ranks or just climbing up the weight classes for him. I, what I've noticed is that each weight class he goes up, he gets just a little bit slower 
because you have to put on put on that weight, 135 just is not his natural weight class. Yeah, he is, I think, best at a featherweight, super featherweight uh, class. Yeah, I think it's a real shame we didn't see him stick at either of those weight classes and really try and become a unified champion at any of them. Um, of course, the money's going to be better at lightweight than it would be either of those, but it just seems like there's a lot of missed opportunities with his career where he could have perhaps laid down a mark as one of the all-time greats at super featherweight or one of the all-time greats at featherweight. Instead, his career's perhaps not really reached the heights expected of it. Also on this card, another Kazakhstan star, amateur star, um, the Southpaw, Zanibek, is going up against a, a former world champion, Rob Brandt. I really, really, really like this fight. I think it's one of the best fights on the schedule. Um, Ali Kamnuli, uh, he faltered early in his career. He looked awkward. He didn't quite adapt to the professional styles. Um, his last couple of bouts, however, I think he's really, really readjusted. I think he's started to sell his punches more. I think he's looked a much improved fighter against Albert Onolunse and Gonzalo Gaston Korea. His KO against Korea was fantastic. Um, but Rob Brunt's an awkward customer. He throws a lot. He's talented. He's tough. Very, very, very tough uh, guy for a for a nine fight professional novice to take on. Um, I think we'll see a lot of questions from both men being answered here. And the winner, in fairness, I think probably deserves a world title fight. I I know that um, both guys are ranked. Uh, Alucano is ranked very highly. He's been calling out Demetrius Andrade. So maybe the winner of this Andrade is the bout that makes sense, given how avoided Andrade is. Air quotes, air quotes. <laughs> He's avoided. Fighting fans might avoid him a little bit more because sometimes his style is a little boring. Good boxer, don't get me wrong. Great boxer, but not a, not a fun style to watch. He is for about two rounds. For the first two or three rounds, he's brilliant. But then, whatever reason, just kind of turns off and meanders through a fight. And I think against Rob Brandt, he wouldn't be able to do that. I think against Zanik Beck, Alec Noli, he wouldn't be able to do that. So, please give us the winner of this versus Andrade. Someone needs to push him. Yeah, someone needs to go in and actually challenge him. Not just be happy to lose him. Not be happy to put in an effort. I think Liam Williams perhaps realized he could make a fight a bit too late on and was too far down when he tried. But something like Alan Carmen with that amateur experience, I think would be fantastic. And this card just keeps on giving because the debut of the talented Subaru Murata, he's not going up against a great opponent, but it's just cool to see him debut on a card like this. Yeah, it's quite rare to see a Japanese fighter debut on a US card. Um, Shokichi Iwata did it a few years ago. Um, I think Koji Sato did it. So it is, it's nice to see, especially given that Murata was such a good amateur. It's a great way for American fans to get introduced to him. It's a great way for fans globally to get introduced. Um, I think he's going to have a very, very easy time with Kevin Monroy. But it's just... Great to see him on a card like this. It's great to see him get the opportunity to shine in front of a wider global audience. Well, this weekend, the gift that keeps on giving Las Vegas right now. We saw a great card last week with Inoue putting on a show, and now Lomachenko Nakatani. I, I'm 
more excited for this fight because I don't really know what's going to happen. This genuinely has me intrigued. Yeah, it's one of those where you can see why Lomachenko's the favorite, but then you can also see why perhaps he shouldn't be as big of a favorite as he is. Uh, Some exciting news to look at uh, before we say goodbye. First off, uh, King Tug, who gave Gary Russell Jr. a run for his money, he got a little bit of a break here. Um, Unfortunately for Chris Colbert, Yoroki Scamboa had to pull out of uh, their fight for the WBA interim super featherweight title. And so King Tug, he gets to fill in. Yeah, I think this is one of those rare times where um, the replacement belt's actually better than the original belt. Gamboa at his best, yeah, no argument, he's far better than King Tug. This current era, Gamboa, who just seems to be passed around by the young kids uh, getting a name on his record, isn't any more the fighter that he once was. Nayambia's hungry, he's really hungry to bounce back, really hungry to get a title. He's moving up in weight for this bout against the much bigger Colbert. Um, it's it's when boxing actually works. You had a guy get injured, get replaced by a good comp- uh, good replacement. Guy takes the bout on about two weeks' notice. I really like this fight. Um, Colbert has to be the favourite. Of course he does. He's the bigger guy. The guy's at full training camp. But King Tug's an awkward, awkward guy to go up against. I feel bad for Gamboa. You mentioned he, it's like he's getting passed around just for these young fighters to say, well, I fought Gamboa. You know, look at me. Um, but he's just not what he once was, uh, a decorated amateur and then, of course, a world champ. Um, so it's a tough way for him to, to end his career. But I respect the heck out of him because he gets in there and and still tries to, to put on a show. Um, you're right, Colbert. Obviously, the favorite here, a very young, talented fighter, but you never know. Yeah, I think it's a live fight. The guy, uh, Colbert, is right for the favorite, but he's in there with a live opponent. And it's a live opponent that perhaps realizes he's not going to get many more chances if he messes up here. So I think we'll see a very, very hungry performance from Nyambia. Final bit of news here Kazuto Ioka, who had a whirlwind. Um, in these past couple of months of just JBC being the JBC. Um, but it has been revealed that his mandatory challenger uh, is ready to fight Francisco Rodriguez. And I think they have a date. Yeah, ESPN reporter Salvador Rodriguez, or Chavez, he's popping on, has reported that this bout is set for September 1st in Japan, um, which is just after the Olympics, it's the sort of time we'd expect Ayaka to fight if he's not going to fight just once this year. It's a fantastic matchup. It is one of the best mandatory matchups I think we'll see. Uh, Ayaka, brilliant boxer. Rodriguez always comes to fight. This should be something really, really, really fun-friendly. For Ayoka, um, he's just he's been on a roll. He's been fighting great fighter after great fighter. Uh, like you said, this is another big challenge for him, and it's going to make for... A, a good bout, and eventually, I think we'll be able to see Ioka if he keeps on winning. If he could unify with, with one of the other big uh, dogs at one one five, I would love that. It, it to me, it's the most stacked division right now in boxing. It's a brilliant division, um, and we're getting good fights from it as well, which we're not always with some of the other divisions. 
I think having this year's a mandatory is a fantastic way for Ayoka to stay busy. It's just a shame that we have a guy like Anka has perhaps not taking on stiff competition. We have Estrada versus Gonzalez 3 coming up. Shvizka versus Quadras rematch coming up. It is such a great division and you can see the next two years uh, two years for the division being lined up with those four or five or six guys. I think the only division that really competes with it right now is Super Bantamweight, which is on fire. But yeah, one of the absolute top divisions in the sport. Both Super Bantamweight and Super Flyweight are super right now, Scott. They're delivering in super fashion. That's the Asian Boxing Podcast. Asianboxing.info is the website. If you love Asian boxing, you have to go here. Um, because it has the news, it has the videos, I watch all my Asian boxing videos on the website, it has this podcast, if you are crazy enough to listen to this podcast, uh, then you can find that there too, also make sure to follow Asian Boxing on Twitter, I do it, it's at Asian Boxing, but until then, have a great weekend, enjoy all the fights, And we will talk to you next time.